And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Championship. At midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Loud are in front. And here it is. Loud are All-Ireland champions for the third time. Hello and welcome to the latest We Are Loud podcast. After a few weeks off, the We Are Loud pod is back with a bang. That bang comes in the form of a sit-down interview with the new Loud manager, Wayne Cairns. Wayne is uh, as open and honest as you can get and tells you exactly where he's coming from and where he has come from, be it with his home club, the O'Connells, the success with the Finbars and a deep understanding with his apprenticeship with the Loud Miners and what exactly he's learned from last season's selector role and there's plenty in it. So here you are, without further ado, Wayne Cairns, the modern day football manager. I'm delighted to have uh, the new Loud manager, well he's managing now this past couple of months, but uh, it's great to finally sit down and meet you Wayne and, and have a chat on We Are Loud and I suppose get to know you and get get uh, get the fans to know you out there in Loud, we're fresh off the pitch in Darfur, yeah. is, is that is that the happiest place? Yeah definitely, without a doubt, um, I probably class myself as a coach rather than a manager, I know maybe there's I don't know whether people distinguish between them anymore, but I'm definitely a coach, so I love out in the training pitch and uh, getting to work with the players and you know trying to bring your ideas across. And I've pretty much loved that um, for the past few years, with no exceptions really. And that's why you know I wanted to be involved, you know, with the senior team again as the as the coach or the manager. So yeah, I enjoy it. And do you find it now that? You're you're nearly you're so you're so current and you're so modern in the game that you can relate to the players a lot easier. Yeah, I think maybe that's that's the thing. You know, you um you, you can relate to them and you, you probably have to connect with them in a way outside football too. You know what I mean to get the best out of them. You yeah. really have to engage them. You know what I mean because there's so much time involved now at this level that if you come and you hammer them and you talk football with them night and in the morning yeah. you know what I mean I think you lose them just so, turn yeah. them off a bit <clears throat> exactly so you do you do have to relate with them and I, I wouldn't have any problem whether there were young players or old players engaging with them or relating with them you know so you know maybe I don't know maybe that's um, that's me I, I, I'm sure an awful lot of managers at this level can do that and like you probably find yeah, it's a lot of us through WhatsApp groups and yeah, we definitely. We, yeah, we 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 spent a lot of time on the phone. We were getting the panel together, and you know, um, obviously our schedule goes out in our WhatsApps, and then you have your one to ones, and and one of the one things that I would have learned from last season was to make sure you 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 give as much time to the one v one feedbacks as possible, because these guys need that, and that's a difference between the younger lads probably wouldn't care if you even ever spoke to them. 
they just go and do their thing but the the, the season in the county lads they want the feedback of what they're doing well and where they're at and you know that's something that i'd be happy to do anyway is that is that a main part of your coaching is that like are you talking <clears throat> one-on-one with a player and like talent identification or like picking picking what they can work on or yeah it is part of it is part it definitely is part of it the 1v1 stuff um in terms of trying to improve their you know all the different facets of their game but i would spend an awful lot of time on the collective as well and the organization of you know your defensive unit or how you build attacks and you know how you build through the phases of the, the pitch and so you have to do that but yeah you're right you have to you know you have to go and offer you know your words of wisdom and you know the phrase I use, and it comes from a, a sports scientist guy, um, an Irishman, Fergus Connie, that went to America to yes, work. Yeah. Um, he, he, he says players have to identify their limiting factors. So the, the guys at this level have no weaknesses, but they have limiting factors that's stopping them to get to be the best they can be and stopping them to get to the, best, the highest level they can. So we have to identify those and we have to give one-to-one feedback on what they are and the player has to identify them. He has to go and work on them. So... I suppose there'd be a lot of that. I've certainly done a lot of that over the past couple of years. What's the, what's the best way to to make them like improve? Is it is it through a phone call? Is it showing them on the field or? I I think it's definitely a, a, a personal interaction. You know what I mean? Um, you've you've your spot analysis where you can send them the videos, all right, and we right. do that. Um, you know you can show them clips. You can you can you can draft them ideas on paper and that. But yeah. You know a personal interaction and the coaching on the pitch, and <clears throat> you find like the the guys with the best attitudes and the guys that are really willing to improve will be will want to know and they will be coming to you asking you yeah. what they can improve and what they can do. You know, so you know that's a good sign if somebody does that. That's ne- that nearly challenges you, and that's what you want. Plus, it keeps you on your toes all the time, and you want players to have you know you want you want to probe the players into being sort of autonomous, and you don't want to be. You know, you don't want to be a situation in the sideline where you're telling them everything what they need to do. You have right. to you have to arm them with the options, and you have to try and make them make those decisions on match day as best they can themselves. You know, and that's a tricky art. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you, you do get that like you do get that wit experience, and you know I, I've sort of refined that over the past few years. So um, yeah, there's there's a load of different ways I suppose you can keep them engaged. So you're you're obviously well read, like you're you're reading up on Fergus Connolly, is there other sports scientists is like have you gone to anyone looking for help? Um or not, not even help, advice. Yeah, well we we are planning, we're in the process of planning to get somebody in there to offer some um psychological help in terms of sports psychology okay. and in terms of uh goal setting and micro goals and mini goals and you know, we, we would off we would pitch that a lot to them but you know we need a profession there, so that's something we're exploring. But myself, yeah, I I would be I I, I enjoy going to all, <clears throat> excuse me, I enjoy going to all the coaching seminars and the coaching course over the past few years, because there's never a day goes by where you don't get something out of them. There's never a day by goes by where you wouldn't see some snippet of from the likes of Fergus Connolly or you know some of the Pep Guardiola feeds on Twitter or some of the you know the Jim McGinnis stuff or you always learn something and you know I. I would have absorbed that now a lot over the past few years, like you know. So that's where you take you're taking bits from everywhere. That's it. That's the way you have to be because you have your own philosophies and you you have your own ideas, sure. But you know what I mean. You need to keep evolving. You need to keep current, and you need to keep new. You need to keep fresh, and you need to keep pitching ideas of football and see what ones work and what ones don't work. And 
you know, it's a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that was one of the questions I have. What is Wayne Kieran's stamp or style of football? Like, what what is the loud fans going to expect? Um, yeah, everybody everybody asks me that. And I always say, like, it's just about the balance, really. You know, it's about the balance. People say, are you going to be attacking? Are you going to be defensive? Well, we're going to be defensive at the right times, but we're going to be attacking at the right times. We have to have ideas about how to defend we have to have ideas about how to build attacks and how to attack. We have to have ideas about how to transition from one to the other and also from the other to the other, from defence back to it, or sorry, from attack back to defence. So, but we we will not be a team that will be want to close up shop playing fourteen men behind the ball. You know what I mean? We'd be, you know, we'd be pretty attack oriented in terms of we want to get people forward, we want to get scores up and. Um, it obviously takes an awful lot of fitness work and an awful lot of work to get that right, but that's what we'll be planning. But you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be happy enough watching any of the teams that that we had over the past few years. Like some of the the minor team a couple of years ago was a very, very progressive attacking team. Yeah. You know, maybe to a cost at some sense, but that's what I mean about the balance. You have to. Yeah, because you, you still had your wing backs or wing forwards tucking in as wing backs as well. Like so, yeah, it'll play like you're you're playing to your style rather than. What players you have available? Yeah, that's a fair. And I sort of disc- like disc- went over that in my head a lot of 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 that philosophy of whether you play with your own philosophy or whether you have you play to the players. I think again, it's it's a bit of give and take. You know what I mean? If you have players that are good athletes at wing backs or at ten or twelve, well then you can ask them to tuck in and get back and be part of a ten defensive ten. You know what I mean? But that means you still have four up. So. You know, I I'd probably be without giving too much away, a ten back, four up guy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Rather than the thirteen one up or the twelve two or the fourteen zero. Yeah, yeah. As you see a lot of teams doing. But I still think it's 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 horses for courses in the sense of not being able to do this from game to game. It's being able to change from instant to instant in the game. Right, right. So if you want to be defensive at a certain time in the game, you make sure you are set up to be defensive. If you want to go all out Make sure you're you're able to have the ability to go all out, and if the boys know, you know that's what I mean about the autonomy. If the boys know if something's going on in the game, and they can switch between one or the other, and you have the work done, and they know what to do, well then you know that's your job done. Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean? that's what I was just gonna say. Are you gonna give a call in the field? But now you obviously you want the players to make that read themselves. Exactly. Like the, the I suppose the the big example would be if the likes of Dublin would concede two scores in a row, they'd have fourteen men behind the ball. I mean, it's not widely reported, but you can see it when, especially when you're in Coe Park and you're up high. Um, if they concede two scores in a row, they are they are have the fourteen back. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. So then, and then you can see the mechanism to have to switch that back to get people up front as soon as the window kick out. Like you know, so it's things like that. It's it's, but it, it's all right saying you have to really do just an enormous amount of work and getting all this stuff right. And the one thing I suppose I was wary of is not trying to introduce too much too soon, yeah, and just yeah, get. Yeah get them fit get them intense get them organised sure but you know just let it go at a sort of a, an organic pace instead of you know hammering everything down and then they won't take it in anyway yeah yeah Like, and, but you've you've picked panels you've picked a panel of players that are open to feedback and want to push the thing along so you're nearly picking 
a good group more so than nearly a good set of footballers or maybe both is combining the both well yeah they have to be good footballers yeah. they wouldn't be considered right. like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and uh, you know you, you're probably right you'd, be, you'd want guys that will be are coachable like it goes back to the attitude all the underage teams that you know you talk to and you take sessions you, you keep preaching to them about how good their attitude is or needs to be and how coachable they need to be so you don't want to a brilliant player like that's going to be a lone wolf and do his own thing like you know what I mean whereas uh, I suppose in Loud if we hit a brilliant footballer you still have to carry him and you have to make him better yeah. rather than discard him because we haven't enough of a talent pool yeah but uh, yeah you, you want players that are coachable and you can trust to do the right things and you know I, I, you know, I wouldn't suggest that there's anybody that's not has those characteristics like no way yeah, because I, lo- I love the way now it's been reported that you didn't do trial matches at the start of the year. You um, you went and you picked a training panel to look at them and give to have their own auditions. And I love that for two reasons, because it's kind of, you know the players you want yourself, that shows you, yeah. you know what you want and you've been out there scouting. And also shows that like, you put a bit of thought into it. It's not like every every lad has the hard luck story. Myself, even going to trial games and yeah. sure the ball, the boys didn't pass it to me. They were all past yeah. their own club mates. So that indicates that there's a level of intelligence there in, in how you're going about things. Yeah, well, it, that that definitely was the reason. Was that you know you don't want the situation where the guy turns up for Sunday morning has an absolute mare and that's his chance of a loud jersey gone. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that's that's no good for anybody. But yeah, you're right. We we did identify about eighteen to twenty players. We said we'd have them over either three or four sessions. We left it open to them. We asked them. Says, listen, can you make the three or four sessions? The schedule was a wee bit uh, tight at the time, so we didn't know whether it was three or four anyway. So we went through the the three sessions, and we had small, intense, um, small sided games, all intense work. No. Nothing done without the ball. Right. All situations where the guys can make decisions, where they can, you know, show what they're about, show where they can take a little bit of direction, show where they can use their own initiative, and I think it worked really well. I have to say, um, and what many many come out of them, like there was a number of players come out of them are in the panel and doing really well at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I I was I would have been happy enough with that. Now, I, if if I was to do it again, I'd certainly approach it the same way. Is there is there an open door policy there? You could do that throughout the year. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, there's uh like we have a couple of injuries at the moment in the panel, and you know, so it's always f- flitting around. You know, thirty two, thirty three, maybe a little bit smaller than other panels. We want to keep it tight, but yeah, there is an open door policy. If there's somebody that we feel and there's a few right on the edge that just aren't in at the moment and if we feel that you know in the early part of the season or as, as approaching championship time if somebody's going to you know we, we'll definitely bring them back in there's no question about that that's great you have like lads on the edge like... yeah, yeah there is there is and like you know, you 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 want Conor Grimes and you want Casey Bourne involved, but unfortunately they've long term injuries. Yeah. Now, hopefully not too long, but you know what I mean. Um, so there's possibly two spots there. So we'll see how it goes over the next few weeks. We've a small group at the minute, whatever we not return back yet. Um, but you know, I think it's working out well in training because the intensity in training is really good. Right, right. So, who, who have you got back from last year? Who has who's made the step up from the from the trial period? Well, we've Conor Early in, 
um, who's doing very, very well. He came in to some of the exile players now that were on it last yeah. year. The mechanism for them to uh, get back into the panel was to grow the assessment training sessions. So Conor Kiever's back in. Um, we've Rory Moore come through them as well. Yeah. Um, Philly Englishby um, come through one of them, even though he was playing with the Marcus. So, um, you know, who else... Um, I think there's there's one or two more, and I just can't think of the top. Have, you, of have you taken many from your minor panel? You would have walked with. Yeah, well, uh, there's another one, Leonard Gray, Lenny Gray yeah, from the yeah. Pats. He came through the assessment period. Um, the goalkeeper Alan McGauley, yeah. he came through it as well. So there's another two. So, um, Owen Callahan's in as well. Now Owen was involved with the Martins right up to the senior championship final, so he wasn't involved, but he was coming in anyway. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it was definitely worthwhile. Like it's not as if we had eighteen or twenty and we didn't take you know, we took a we took a good portion of them, like, you know, so because they deserve to be taken, like, you know, so it was it was a good way of doing it, I think. Is that is that a <clears throat> the hard nearly part of the job is ringing lads in or even ringing them to tell them they're not they're not in? It is, that is very hard actually, and I did say that to them. If you're picking um a match day panel of a twenty six and there's four left out, well, that's hard, but listen, lads, there's another game next week or the week after, so you've another chance. But if you're telling lads, you know, they're not in the initial panel, it is tough, especially lads that went through those sessions that we're talking about. Um, and they've done very well, not some saying they're on the edge, but you know, if we went down the route of taking 38, 39 in and keeping them in all year, um, you might. They might develop over time, these guys in the edge, but then you're losing that little bit of intimacy with the panel in terms of intensity and the smaller yeah, numbers. Yeah. So I would rather go with the smaller numbers and just keep an eye on those other guys. Quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah, because like even when you're doing the trials, you're getting a full close-up look at exactly a small amount of players. over over a couple of of sessions rather than as we said the trial game, which I think is outdated at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, and then you suppose you have your you have your lieutenant Liam Callers in with you. He's so you you know you know your most of your team. How are you get now with Cahill Murray? Cahill's top man, top man. And um, when we were initially building our management team, um, Cahill was recommended to me because of um, well, obviously he's a very good coach, and he's great experience. Obviously they're number ones, but he he uh, he was recommended to me in terms of that he'd he have a similar personality to myself that we'd be able to get on well with each other and that's certainly the case very very wise guy loads of experience and um, knows his way around intense training sessions and you know what I mean and it's working very well and then you have Graham Bourne that link up as well as he, Graham's role is he's more in the gym side of things yeah it, it, he is the gym he's the fitness coach so it does he does oversees all the gym work but he does transfer it to the pitch like tonight now Graham would have took two blocks tonight right? and we would have took a couple of blocks so it's all collaborated with what we're doing and it all fits into one like tonight now um, Friday night we've no nothing no game the weekend so you know tonight was a red session as we call it so it was really tough um, Sunday will be say orange we just lower in the red next Tuesday then we'll concentrate on speed because it's match week and Graham's brilliant at uh, period A's and all of that because yeah. he has the experience so we work very carefully with him and I know him from last season as well so yeah that's working well the team's, team's working well do you find that takes up a lot of your time like the organisation of the field and logistics yeah it does yeah um, in terms of planning the training sessions now to be 
countless messages and phone calls during the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's important because at the end of the day, we don't we don't perform out in the match day. You know what I mean? Apart yeah. from a warm up, maybe and a few words of encouragement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We our job is done during the week. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's a vital importance that you're prepared and you know and I, I don't want to be on a soapbox to any other coaches you know but that's to me that's one of the most important things you know as a coach you have to be prepared you have to know what you want at your training sessions and you know what you're going to get out of them and how it's relevant to where you are in your season and to your game and stuff so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't bemoan the fact that we spend a lot of time in that yeah, because it, 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 it's kind of like what uh, James Horn said now. He's gone back to me. Oh, he's like, I, the one thing I learned, I'm letting someone else do all that work and I'm just focusing on the field, more or less like yourself. Yeah. But uh, And Rochford, Rochford's probably gone the other way. He's gone to Donegal he, uh, purely as a coach. Yeah. So you're kind of you're kind of getting um, your passion out. But where does that passion come from? Where does it stem from? Um. Yeah, well, I've always been obsessed with the game. Like, I was always involved in the game all my life, both soccer and Gaelic. So, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I, I when I finished playing, like, I, did, I wouldn't have had a, a great playing career. So, when I never got to the inter-county level, for instance. So, I suppose that would have been the driving factor f- to try and reach inter-county level as a coach. But... The, the passion has just always been there since I was a kid. Like, I can see my own kids now, you know, they they love playing football and watching football and having fun. And I was always the same, just purely obsessed with the game. And and then, like everybody says, once you finish, do finish playing, regardless of the level you're at, you, you have to try and stay in the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I knew pretty, you know, pretty early that I would have wanted to get into coaching, you know. So, um yeah, it's just always been there. So, really. what was the first step then? Say from playing, did you did you manage the O'Connell's? No, yeah, well, I was. Age? Yeah, I was. I actually wasn't involved with underage at the time because me kids were that young. Um, I was just uh, Wayne McKeever was the manager for O'Connell's in two thousand twelve. Yeah, and me and Wayne are very good friends, so I was selected with Wayne. And actually, the previous year to that, I was actually coaching um Drummond soccer team in the Meaden District League. Right, as it was then. Um, so my first coaching was actually with a soccer team and I've always been pretty much 50-50 split through my life you know so uh, but then yeah we got involved with O'Connell's and obviously we done well um, and then stayed the, the following year I was with O'Connell's again and then I went to the Finbars then in 2014 I think so and that obviously I was you know that was my own uh, me opportunity then to put my own stamp on the team or whatever yeah, yeah. and like we done well because the Fimmers were a really good side, still are. So it went well, like. Cause you hear anything, and I thought I know a few of the total boys, and nothing but love for for <laughs> Wayne Kieran. I really enjoyed it, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I have to say, they were, it was a good job for me because they were far they were far too good for junior football at the time. You know what I mean? And yeah. credit to them, they got themselves out of it. The first year we won the league, and. I think we were beaten with the Plunkets, who were an intermediate team, or sorry, Division Two team at the time in the championship, and then the following year we won the championship. So they were too good for 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 that level, you know what I mean. So I enjoyed working with them and uh, some great lads. Like at the moment we've William in the panel, William Woods and yeah. Hugh Osborne, who were yeah. doing very well. So you know, uh, good lads, good lads. So you go there and then you you nearly have served an apprenticeship. Like you've you've worked with the miners. 
you were done the 20s and a selector last year so you know Darver inside out you know the in and outs of training up here yeah. and you know how to work in an inter-county scene so that's nearly stands to you now yeah that's what like that when people were asking me about the job and getting a job and they were saying you know well you know have you got the experience for this job and I says well I've been preparing for this for in Darver alone for three years two years with the minors and one year with the 20s stroke yeah. senior so you know, I felt I've been preparing from it since I got the minor job. Like, that would have always been my goal. And I suppose if I'm being honest, I didn't think it would have come this soon. But, and this time last year, like, I don't think I would have been ready for it. But that season, the, the season gone past there now. Um, I know it didn't work out well for us and we all must take responsibility for that. But it's going to prove invaluable to me long term like yeah, there's no doubt about that I think you said in your first nearly interview with Colin Corrigan on the, the radio it was I've, I've loads to learn from last year what's, what's the number one thing that you, you learned from last year like um, yeah I, I remember first of all the, intens- the intensity of the actual games now I wouldn't that necessarily didn't surprise me that much but the physicality when I was standing on the sideline that day in down, or sorry in Drawhead against Down right the first day yeah, yeah it just, just struck me how physical the likes of these guys are and you know how our how our athletic development you know culture and loud is probably a wee bit behind that's something we have to really look at and there's there is strides being made to change that so yeah and then then overall if you look at the national league um picture as a whole or the campaign as a whole the intensity of the actual time itself yeah in terms of one week on the next week on a break, the next week, you know what I mean? Next it's, thing you go down to Cork or yeah, travel, crazy, yeah. crazy. So, and you've all the logistics of all that travel and you know trying to periodize the training as we were saying, and you really so when we were making our training plan out there um, a good few weeks ago. Now we were thinking right before we arrive the twenty seventh of January, we have the all our training done because we won't be doing, we won't have the opportunity to do yeah. real red sessions in the, during the league. So that's that's how that periodization comes in again, and it's it's very important. And as I said, Graham Bourne is a professional at that, so he's very very experienced in that. And where our own ideas, like hope, please God, we get that right. But yeah, that that's the sort of things you know that you learn. You know when you have went through a campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I suppose you're 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 not a dictator as a manager. You're you're gonna you're gonna take pieces from everyone. Like the way you learn yourself. No, I, I wouldn't be wouldn't be a dictator. And I'm, I think, I don't know, maybe the days of dictating to people in any walk of life, young people or whether they're footballers or whether it's in business, is long gone. I'd rather, I'd rather support and encourage and cajole. You know what I mean? That that would be my style. And um, I definitely think, well, certainly true to younger players. Anyway. Um, we've certainly got a lot more out of them than by by having that sort of attitude towards them than, you know, shouting and roaring at them and being a bit of a lunatic towards them. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's just the way I am. Like people, a lot of my friends say I'm too nice for this sort of job, but I think the days of shouting and roaring and people, you know, to get the best out of them are, are gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you find then here another thing that uh, I was thinking on the way down, like you were there last year as a selector, are some of the lads that like say the seasoned players are they going to look at you like oh he's just a substitute teacher he 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 was the selector last year or, or is uh, it uh, is the respect there well i'd like to think it is um i think 
where the respect comes from is we were talking earlier on about the preparation of the training and all. I think, well, I hope where the respect comes from and the trust, I think is a better word, is that when they see the type of training we do and they see the, to see the philosophy that was outlined to them and you see it being married to the type of training we do, well, then they say, well, hold on a minute, this guy, he wants us to do this, 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 but yet, but he's actually going to carry that out in the pitch and we're going to be able to do X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, I didn't have a great input into the training last season, which, you know, you know, you know that's past now and it's in the past and just have to move on. But, you know, this year I obviously can control it and collaborate with the training with the other guys in the management team. And I think the guys will appreciate that and our intensity and our value that we get at training will be a lot more. So I think because of that, like, hopefully the respect will be there. Yeah, and you're, you're, I suppose you're backing up what you're saying as well. Like, Well, that's it. Like, you have to, you can't go in on a whiteboard or a PowerPoint presentation and say, we want to do this, 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 if you don't produce the goods, you know, they don't coach it on the training pitch. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't envision a problem with the boys. You know, it's it's you know as as one of um, my favourite soccer manager in England, Mister Klopp said. You know, I'm coming to him now. Yeah. <laughs> you can be you can be the player's friend, but you can't be their best friend. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the sort of attitude I'd have. And do you think, as a loud man, like like very rarely say an outside manager works, but do you think only a loud man could do this job in terms of? I mean. Uh, uh, being from your own county, you can only put in the amount of errors that you put in, and you because you want to do it for your own county. Is that the case with yourself? Like, yeah, well, that's it. There's no like as we talked about the passion. Like, there's no denying the passion I have for allowed to do well. Like, but it's just like I don't know what you'd say the 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 detail involved in the job. You have to have some knowledge of what's going on. Like yeah. that training panel panel that we went on about earlier on the assessment sessions. Like. How would you go? How would an outside man come in and do that if he didn't know he wasn't watching pretty much every championship game? Yeah. So there's an awful lot of value I think in having, um, you know, a local person. And as you say, Liam, you know, Liam knows every ball that's kicked from under fourteen in the county to senior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every single ball. So he's a massive help as well. So I think it's a. I think a good coach could come in, or a good manager, or experienced manager could come in and do the job. But I think. You need you need an awful lot of local knowledge to be able to, you know, do it well. I think. Yeah, yeah, and then, so we get to Mister Klopp. Is he is he one of your inspirations? He is like he's he's a brilliant manager. There's no doubt about it. He's just he's just full of charisma and he's, you know, he, his personality is so infectious and even in everybody goes on a bit in the interviews. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very good and as he said, he's he seems to be very friendly with the players. Yet you know he. They know who's boss, and you know to respect him and to trust him. So, I'm not particularly trying to be like Jürgen Klopp now, <laughs> to be honest. But I certainly look up to him. Um, I'm a look. I'm a Liverpool fan. It wouldn't matter who was manager. I'd look up to the Liverpool manager. But uh, I don't think you. You know, in terms of engaging players and you know yeah, getting the best yeah. out of players, I don't yeah. think he'd be far off the mark. Now I have to say. Yeah, and are we going to see a Gengen press? Or yeah, well, we, football or? we want to. Um, well, we certainly want to have intensity. There's no doubt about that, and a lot of our training is based on high intensity work. So we will try and press and turn over the ball. There's no doubt about that. But as I said before, it's about just getting that balance right and knowing when to do it and maybe not when to do it and stuff like that. 
So we're just kind of we're finishing up, and hopefully we'll meet again. So I'll I'll, I'll leave the league aside for the, another day. Just immediate your bone cup. What's your what's your micro targets or like? Do you want to win it? Do you want to develop players? Do you want to do you want to just get a look at all your whole entire panel? Like what what's your what's your targets or do you, do you even set targets? Um. Well, there would I suppose there, there would be a few targets, and you, you probably said them all there really. Um, I wouldn't be too worried if we didn't win it. Um, do we do we just cast aside the results and not worry about them? No, not not that either. You just wanna you wanna make sure that the work being done is being transferred to the pitch. So you want basically good performances, and mm. all the organisation that you're trying to get into the team, um, that you can see instances of that, and actually more than instances of that. I know it, it's trying to be solid through the two games before Christmas and um, that you, you can you can see a progression of okay we're getting fitter we're getting more organised we're doing all the all the detail we want to bring to the team it's coming through it's not going to be obviously perfect after a couple of games but you know the time frame for league is aggressive enough so you have to try and get as much done as possible so yeah it's it's about just getting good performances and you know, if you have a good level of performance in the Bone Cup, there's a very good chance you'll get a win, you know, or two wins. So that's the way we look at it. It's never about, you know, as crazy as it is to say, it's not about winning or losing. It's about producing a good enough performance that will enable you to win. You know what I mean? And that's the way we look at it through all. We'll never be fantastic if we win. We'll never be terrible if we lose. You know what I mean? Just remain considered about it. And just when we do arrive from the 27th of January, for Longford that we were in a good place like you know yeah. well I don't know about you but, uh, loud fans but I'm very excited after chatting with you it's uh, great to get that in-depth knowledge and to chat with you and I wish you all the best thanks for your time Wayne yeah thanks man Dan well what can you say after that uh, from Klopp to Fergus Connolly Wayne is a student of the game um, I, hopefully his passion came across on the pod I really felt it. Um, he wants, he like he's a student of the game. And he wants his players to be students of the game too. And for the punch above our weight, this season can only be a successful out of football, really and truly. Um, he Wayne wants his players to engage with him, and hopefully he can engage with them. And hopefully now the loud supporters can too. After after listening to that podcast, I'd like to thank Wayne for giving up his time, his precious time, to communicate his message. And get across exactly what his job entails. I don't think you get a more in-depth insight to what a modern day manager's role and workload is. Like, really, you know. So, I really enjoyed the chat and I hope you did too. Um, So, for more, listen to We Are Loud on SoundCloud. Follow me on Loud and Proud Twitter and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and tune in again sometime soon.